Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Evan Knox. He is the founder of the agency Caffeine Marketing. He partners with businesses to help them succeed, and he's just got an interesting story. You're going to want to listen to this one, check it out, and let me know your comments after the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Evan Knox here. Evan, we've been talking a f- little bit before we started recording, and already I'm fascinated by your story. But why don't you jump in here and tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Hey, what's up, Trent? Thanks so, so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I run a company called Caffeine Marketing that helps make marketing profitable for small companies that are doing less than $50 million a year in annual revenue. Um, that might look like websites, advertising, sales funnels. Um, really, we design a custom strategy for each client so that their advertising and marketing makes money for them. So that's me. I'm also a small business investor. I'm a partner in a couple of different companies. And yeah, I got a, I'm a dad and a husband. It's cool as well. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, congratulations. You, you've got uh, almost a one-year-old now. Uh, that's very yeah. exciting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we definitely. kept him alive this long. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an accomplishment uh, as a father of three. You know, it's we just went camping over the weekend, and uh, my one year old has little feet and is top heavy, and his his face caught a few things, uh, caught his sure. fall a few times. So, yeah, I I can definitely relate to the trying to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So you've got a successful business now and you're helping other successful businesses. But I want, before we get too deep into that, I want to reel it back a little bit. Where, where is it that you decided that, you know, you wanted to start your own business? You wanted to be involved in entrepreneurship? I don't know. This could just be me, but I feel like most sons, if they have a pretty decent dad, look up to their dads. And my dad was a business owner. And so I would always see him working really hard. Um, sometimes it, I'd, I wouldn't yell at him, but I would, I'd tell him, Hey, get off, stop writing checks. You know, when you get home and like, come play football with me, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but anyway, I, as an adult, I, I get that now. So I feel it. Um, but anyway, so he, I always saw him as a really hardworking business owner. Um, and I admired that about him. He was an awesome salesman as well. And my grandfather actually owned a jewelry company as well. So entrepreneurialism and business was always in, I guess my DNA really. Um, and I remember, this is kind of funny, one time I was driving my mom's truck, I was 12 years old. Actually, I might've been 14. It was either 12 or somewhere in there. And I was driving my mom's truck at a barn that my mom kept her horse at. And she told me to, I didn't like take it and <laughs> go off with it, you know? And actually I'm pretty sure it was 12 cause I, I was better driver by 14. And I was driving the truck at the barn and I backed the truck into a tree and poked a hole in the back of the bed of the truck. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, don't worry about it. Like I'm going to be a successful business owner one day and I'll buy you a new truck. 
Like, <laughs> you know, but whatever you want. Um, and yeah, yeah. So fast forward today, I'm, I'm off the hook for the truck. She drives a, a, a hybrid now and doesn't want a truck. So I was like, so are we good? Like, is the debt settled? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that other buy your truck. Um, so anyway, I just, that was always kind of my family. We knew that that's what uh, I wanted to do. Um, and really I got into marketing starting with my grandfather. So my grandfather took me aside one day as I was quote working at the shop at a similar age. And, you know, I don't know what help a 12 year old really is, but I'm, I'm beside him and he's teaching me stuff and he's like, Hey, so we're going to place an ad in the Atlanta symphony. And they had these little, you know, flyers basically that you could put in the back of seats of the Atlanta symphony, which is a pretty high end, you know, music venue here. And, I remember him telling me, okay, here, we're going to put this here, this year, this year. Most people would not do this and we're going to do this instead. And if you don't do this, then you're going to waste money. And I, that was kind of my first wheel started to click as far as strategy and messaging goes. And I really enjoyed it. And then fast forward, um, which we could definitely go back uh, in there, but fast forward to about four years ago, my dad passed away um, and I was working at a nonprofit and part of my role was marketing. And I thought, you know what? My grandpa's about to retire and my dad's no longer here with us, but I can help other small business owners and entrepreneurs like them. So I decided to start caffeine marketing to help small companies, which is why we pretty much exclusively serve small companies that are doing less than 50 million, just because I, I don't know, personally, I feel connected in, to my dad in that way, if that makes sense. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Like we talked about prior to the, this, you know, I, I lost my dad about... 12 and a half years ago now, but, uh, so I can relate to you on that. And he was an entrepreneur yeah. as well. Um, but so my condolences first of all, but I'm, I'm glad Thanks. that you still have that connection, um, through what you're doing now. Um, but I want to take that back a little bit when, when you were 12 and you put a hole in the bed of the truck and you said you were going to be a successful business owner at that point in time, what did you think that path was? I really had no clue that it was going to look like it does today. And I'm sure I'm going to look back in 10 years from now and look at, you know, current Evan and go, you had no idea, bro. You had no idea. Um, but I definitely had no idea then. Um, I was the kind of kid, which feels cliche now because entrepreneurialism is kind of popular and hip and people put it everywhere, um, which is fine. I think it's really cool, but it wasn't cool for my grandfather. It wasn't cool for my dad you started your business cause you couldn't get a job somewhere. Um, and that's not to say my grandfather couldn't get a job, but like, that's kind of the thing, you know what I mean? It wasn't as sexy as it is today, but I grew up with that. I love that. And I also was always selling, you know, lemonade or we live on the golf course. So I'd go get golf balls that fell into our yard and then I would turn around and sell them to the golfers. And so I'm over there getting free golf balls and selling them for 50 cents or a dollar. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I also remember I started this company. I was so bad and naive as far as naming goes. I called one of them Champ Lawn Care. So C-H-A-M-P. Mm -hmm. I called it Champ Lawn Care because Champion Lawn Care was actually taken. And I was like, I'm just going to go with Champ. And I bought the domain. And then the other one I bought, which sounds so bad. And I cannot believe that my mom or anybody else didn't like pull me by the ear but I called it rent 18. So R E N T 18. And I would like hire my friends out to like go move stuff or go do yard work for people or, um, you know, whatever. And I remember I actually sold my company quote company, right. Mm -hmm. 
I'll say I sold it for three figures, okay? Um, and I sold it to a, an underclassman at my high school when I graduated. And I said, hey, I'm going to give you my whole customer list. Um, I sell it to you for this much. And that was my first exit nice. uh, as a company. So I don't know. I just always loved it. And I always thought it was fun. I'm, I'm really a math guy. And so I feel like that's the most fun part of business to me is just mm-hmm. running numbers and systems. And I kind of geek out about that stuff. So. Nice. Well, it, you know, I, I'll, I'll be vulnerable here and tell you, you know, your naming convention was much better than mine when I was at that age, because in high school, I started an automotive parts business and uh, it was called Precision Import Motor Parts. The acronym was PIMP. As, oh, wow. Pimp My yeah. Ride was popular around that time. And so it was like, oh, I'm just going, I'm going right in there. We're calling it Pimp. Pimp My Ride. Yeah, totally. Seems <laughs> legit. Yeah. You look back and you're like, oh, geez. But that's fine. I'm sure I'll think that about caffeine one day too. So, Well, but. just from the research I've done on you, everybody absolutely loves that name. So, <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it. It's pretty cool. It took me like five months to come up with. But I was just drinking my coffee one day and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like yeah. all business owners and entrepreneurs are always drinking coffee. It's like part of the hustle culture. So that's what I went with. Absolutely. No, it, it's, it's nail meets hammer. I mean, that's, that's definitely a, a, an applicable name and easy to remember. So it works great. Yeah. Um, so you work with a lot of these people nowadays and um, with all these different types of companies, you know, less than $50 million of revenue, but you you're multiple generation entrepreneur now do you deal with people who are first generation entrepreneurs and you know what is the difference in culture between that or does that really even make a difference that's a great question um i would say that i've oh first or second i've worked with somebody who's a fourth generation entrepreneur interestingly enough that person remembers my grandfather um Hmm. and they not the fourth one, but like the third generation, whatever the, mm-hmm. the next oldest guy was because he moved to Atlanta and he was in a similar industry. And so he remembers like my, my grandfather being like the guy of Atlanta. You know what I mean? Wow. He was like the go-to spot. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that about my grandpa. You know, it was like, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I've, I've worked with those. The mindset is definitely different. It's like, I'm carrying on a legacy and I feel like, that's really important as I've worked with those people, you know, it's not just like, Hey, I'm here to provide for my, not myself, but like building a business is fun. Like, I think it's a hobby. I mean, that's what I, my wife goes, you have so many jobs. I'm like, I don't have jobs. Like I've got hobbies. Like these are fun things that I get to do. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like there's this, uh, not weight, but like there's definitely more somberness and perspective and, like if you think of the people in Japan, not just all, I'm not trying to overstep like stereotype here, but there are a lot of people over there uh, who don't think, you know, 10 years as far as revenue goals, they think hundred years and sometimes, you know, thousands of years because companies have been around that long. Um, and so, you know, like Samsung and uh, all these other companies, like these are all, they're in the long game at this point. They're not just like, Hey, how can I grow my company the next year to year or this quarter? How do I increase revenues this quarter? They're thinking, how do I increase revenues this decade? So decade, you know, generational businesses have, I think a bigger perspective, whereas first startups, especially if they're new, like no one in their family has really done entrepreneurialism. They're just winging it. 
I mean, this is like a figure out how we go. Don't know how to grow a company. Um, but they generally it just starts off like they care about a product or service. So like one of my partners is a fly fishing guide and he got into this, not, not to necessarily be a business owner, but to be a great fly fishing guide. I mean, to live outdoors and to get yeah. paid really well to do it. It's pretty cool. I mean, I'm kind of jealous of his, his lifestyle in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'm like, I'm over here working on spreadsheets and he's over here reeling in fish, you know? So anyway, uh, there's definitely, I think, more of a franticness when it's a first time entrepreneur um, and sometimes more of a settledness when it's the you know, multi-generational one. Awesome. That's a, that's a good perspective. And you know what, I, as you explain it, it's like, oh yeah, I can definitely see that, um, you know, in myself being you know, third generation entrepreneur now, yeah. um, it's, it, it is unique, um, in that regard that it's not a, you got to do this now or, you know, it, the time has passed you by. I mean, there, you do have to have a sense of urgency, of course, in certain yeah. things, but, um, like my grandfather, for example, he is 88, mm -hmm. I believe I might be off by two years either way, but, um, he just retired like a year ago, wow. two years ago. Now, knowing what I know, like as far as business and systems and stuff, I would, would have loved to help him build systems where he could retire in his business you know, like 40 years ago, but, um, he just loved it. I mean, it, it really just gave him purpose. And so we always kind of like when my dad was around, we'd talk about my grandpa and be like, I'd be like, why does grandpa not retire? My dad was like, he just likes it. Like he just like a, what keeps him waking up in the morning. You know what I mean? Something right. to live for. So yeah, it's fun. So now were you ever involved in, I you know you talked about uh, when you were 12, you helped out in the business, but had, did you mm -hmm. ever have any specific roles in some of those family businesses? Yeah. Um, so I started on what we would call the, the bench, B-E-N-C-H. Um, and that meant that I was sitting there working on jewelry in the back of the shop. So I would be soldering things. Sometimes I'd carve things out of wax and we would cast them. And then eventually I ended up in the front and um, really loved people. And so I'd be trying to sell stuff. And so I remember at 14, I sold a $22,000 pair of earrings, but let's be honest. I mean, now I'm looking back at it. Like my grandpa definitely set me up. Like he was like, he probably <laughs> knew that they were going to buy them already. Or, you know, the, I don't know. They had some sort of off conversation and I was like, here they are. And you know, whatever. So in my head, I'm taking credit for it though. So he can, yeah. he can thank, he could thank, <laughs> he could thank me for that. Um, but this is, we'll probably get a little bit more deep here, but my dad actually started to struggle with a narcotics addiction when I went into high school. He had that before my parents got married, um, but then he got clean and then relapsed when I went into high school. And at that point, I was fairly involved in his business. I, got, I understood the operations of it. I was not necessarily his assistant in a lot of ways, but like, um, you know, could do a lot of the work that he was doing. And so I remember when my dad went to jail uh, for a couple months, he actually grad he, <laughs> he got out on my graduation and made it to my high school graduation, hmm. uh, which, you know, mixed feelings about all that for sure. Um, is an understatement. And then yeah, I remember though being at the store and my, my dad was on the B2B side of the jewelry industry. So my grandfather mainly did direct to consumer. My dad 
did more like selling to my grandpa and also other jewelry stores, even like import diamonds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I understood the operations of his company, but I was 17. And I remember my dad being on the phone, my grandfather, actually my dad may not have been on the phone, but he gave my grandfather the power of attorney and said that my dad wanted to sign the company over to me um, and that my grandfather was on board. And it wasn't that like, hey, Evan is the best candidate out there, but I mean, he's all we got really. I mean, mm. and so I think uh, in that moment, actually, I was like, well, this is kind of weird. I feel like I'm, I want to go do Christian mission work for a, a while. And so I eventually left high school and went and joined an organization called YWAM and did Christian missions for um, what ended up being six months overseas and then training here in the States for uh, like a year and a half, two years. But uh, yeah, super weird. So I, I was like, Hey, I really feel like entrepreneurism is great, but like right now during the season, I just, I need to pursue this calling. And so I ended up turning that down and um, that would have been, I think a lot of fun, but I would not have grown personally if I had not experienced all the stuff that I did. And I'm thankful for that, but it is sad. You know, my, my dad's company, everything got foreclosed on his business shut down. Uh, everything got taken away from us and our family. And so with that, I remember coming home one day from school, getting off the school bus, walking to the front door and seeing the bank note of mm-hmm. foreclosure. Um, and in Georgia, if I'm, if I remember correctly, based off the lawyer, um, is that I think they, they serve you a notice three times that like leave you, a, they leave you like a slip, a certified postal slip or something. If you like foreclose your property um, in Georgia, they don't like make you appear or whatever. And I remember picking up the slip and I was like, mom, what is this? You know what I mean? And she mm-hmm. explained it to me. And it wasn't that my mom was, uh, she was very good at not putting her fears on me and projecting that there. I felt the weight of that. But I was aware, I mean, I was aware that we were losing everything. I was aware we had to move out of our house um, and it was really scary. So that was a tough time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, that's not something I've been through per se. And so I, I you know, I, I can't imagine going through that situation. Um, you know, we talked about before, we do have some parallels in that my dad, you know, lost you know, uh, his control of the business, uh, because of some issues that he had and my mom ended up taking it over and doing so successfully. So, um, we were fortunate in that regard, but I think that helped shape your future as well. Now, I mean, you've Mm -hmm. seen all this happen and going through this situation. I think that, in, in, if I were put in your situation, it's like, I might lean more on that Christian mission, like you said, you wanted to do because that it's like, man, this is, I've lost, you know, my family's lost everything. I need to figure out me. Yeah. And a lot of ways, and you know, this is, if somebody doesn't want to, you know, take this with a grain of salt, if, if you want, which is fine with me, but I had really just kind of discovered this relationship with Jesus, um, and the Christian faith. And that started to be important to me. And then my parents ended up getting divorced. So things starts happening. And so it was just, I'm really thankful for the timing of it because I, even though my earthly father was struggling, I had a perfect heavenly father who was there with me. Um, and that's not to say that I was not very angry and had to work through all of that and very scared. And it was just super hard, you know what I mean? But I was able to lean into this faith 
and it really just started to mean the world to me because I was like, man, God loves me so much that he's willing to give his life for me. Um, I feel like there's something to that. And, you know, the fact that they couldn't find a body after, you know, Jesus resurrected from the dead. Um, all these things really were convincing to me to lean into this faith when I feel like I could have leaned in a different direction. Um, and I could have gone, gone down a path that my dad was going down. And I just really didn't, I didn't, I saw the fruit of what that had. And I saw the life that I was getting from uh, this faith walk that I had. And that's why I feel like I really catapulted to go into mission work was because I was getting so much life from this relationship with Jesus that I just wanted to tell other people about it. Um, and I thought, you know, what? as an 18 year old with no wife or kids, it's probably the best time for me to go, just go do this. So it was a blast. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, I'm glad you got that experience out of it and, you know, it's helped shape you who you are today. Um, uh, was it shortly after you got back that you decide, Hey, I'm going to start my own company or how did that process go? So I had the experience from when I was younger, which, you know, I, I would say it's very valuable. I wouldn't say I made a ton of money um, with it, but I, I learned, okay, you have to market, you have to follow up with people. You got to call them back as soon as they call you, you know, there's certain things and that you learn as far as building um, I don't think I ever filed taxes for any of that income as a kid, <laughs> but, uh, actually I don't know. I assume minors to file taxes, but anyway, so the, that process really helped me. And so fast forward to, I kept working in Christian work, like Christian ministry and stuff like that, which is great. Um, and then it was, we were leaving a church that I was working at where I was doing half my role was marketing and we were leaving Charlotte to come down to Atlanta. And that's when I thought, you know what, like I really, I love business. And to me, it's always been something that I've kind of held open handedly um, or at least tried to because it is really fun, but I never want it to take the first point in my heart. You know, I don't want that to be the thing that's most important to me, which I feel like actually does help me in business in a lot of ways. Because if I'm on a call with somebody and I'm trying to help them, like actually today is a great example. So it was a smaller company um, and they were mainly in-person sales, and then they're just transitioning to e-commerce in light of all that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, it really would have been great to work with them a year ago because they had revenue to support the investment that they're going to need to make in their marketing to make this work. Uh, but that being said, I I wasn't sitting there like, I have to close this person because I want the money. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I really want to help this person because business to me is something that I get to do. and It's a fun hobby. Um, and do I want to make money from it? Absolutely. And we are definitely not the cheapest people out there. Um, but I don't, it's not my, it's like not even on my top five priority list, you know? Um, to me, I always ask the question, what matters a hundred years from now? And that answer is different for each person. But to me, it's like my faith and my family, um, and my friends and past that I'm like, again, business could go away tomorrow. And I think I'd be all right. It might take me a few weeks to kind of mourn over that, but I'd be fine. Yeah. Well, I think that is, you know, uh, something I can definitely relate to because, um, you know, I, at one point in my journey, I was a car salesman and the, the people that were so successful or the people are like, I don't even care if I get this sale. Like, it's just not, important to me and people would be 
would be attracted to that and be like, well, he doesn't care. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this. Whereas if it was me where it was like, Hey, all my business ventures have failed. I need this money. You know, they can sense that, Oh, he needs this. I better back off kind of thing. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There's totally something to that. And I mean, that's not to say that we can't learn and be better at our craft. I'm not the best at sales as much as I enjoy it. Um, I'm thankful that we have enough leads that kind of make up for my inability to sell. Um, but you can always get better. You know, it's not like I can't do good at sales and I can't run a profitable company. That's not like it runs in opposition, but in my heart, I just want to make sure that it has the proper place, you know, that my family and stuff like that are coming first. So, yeah, absolutely. So one thing I think that, um, entrepreneurship in general, you don't talk too much about is, you know, what some of those failures were that happened to you as you start this company? What, what would you say was your biggest failure starting caffeine marketing and what did you learn from it? I've definitely offended some people. Uh, I think I, there's been a lot, I think that's probably, if anything that I've done wrong, it's probably offending people. Like I, in the beginning, we were trying to pay off a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt that and car debt together it was like a hundred thousand and i i had like no money for advertising and i was offering advertising so like i had to like just dm people um and do a lot of cold calling so that i could get revenue to pay off student loan debt so that i could then have a marketing system for myself mm-hmm. but i'd say in that process i certainly rubbed people the wrong way and had many people let me know that i did not uh they did not like what i was saying or I hurt their feelings or was pushy or, and I definitely don't think I was pushy, but I might've, I think where it comes in place is like, I might have been insensitive because I was doing things at scale, um, which I still am guilty of today. So anyway, the other thing, which is funny is my worst financial investment. I took a couple thousand dollars that I made from caffeine mm-hmm. and I, I have a, like, we've got like the 401k and stuff like that, but I was like, I'm going to try my hand at the stock market and I've got no business being over there. Like I should just right. buy index funds um, or I should subscribe to like the Motley Fool, which I do now um, and has worked out pretty well. So, but before that, I was like, I'm just going to wing it. And so I took a couple thousand dollars and I, this is, this is so embarrassing, but I love it at the same time <laughs> is that I invested in MoviePass and uh. I Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the company went insolvent. Basically, the stock went from, you know, my cup. I think it was like three or four thousand dollars that I had in holdings. And I remember it went down. And then I, what was the averaged out? So like I I bought in again, and then it went up. And so then I was like I was in the green for my total, and I thought to myself, you know, I should really sell right now. I should probably sell. And I'm sure every tr- every person that does anything with stocks feels this way, but I didn't. And it went down to zero. I think I eventually closed out at like $5 and took that nice. loss for the year. So that's my worst financial, it's not necessarily <laughs> caffeine, but. Right. <laughs> something something you learned from. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Understandable. Well, um, I, I think you've definitely learned something from that and you, are now, like you mentioned, you're investing in other companies. Um, what yes. has that experience been like for you to not only 
help other companies with their marketing, but now to actually be a partner in some of those companies? That to me is the most fun. Um, I think it's, I was telling my wife, I think it was like last week or something like that. It feels like the most pure form of what I'm looking for in that when I'm working with a client, I have to keep in mind that there's this relationship, even though they might trust me as much as they can trust me, I'm still selling them something. And so whenever I'm coming in, I know that I'm like, Hey, we should do this, this, and this. I'll give you three options. You know, do you want to do this package, this, this package, this package? I'm confident those three, three things that I'm offering are going to grow their company, but there's a different relationship. I have to focus on basically dynamics with them instead of growing the company. Like I spend time, okay, I got to make sure that they're happy. I got to make sure that I fill out this report so that they understand how we're making the money, whatever. Whereas if I'm a partner in the company, we trust each other because we're partners and we have like mutual accountability to our budget. And so, I mean, it's so fun because I'm like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to like bring in this person to do this or this person to do that, or I'm going to spend this much money on ads. Um, and it doesn't ever feel like I'm having to prove something to somebody to like make sure that my spot is secured. Um, we have like a mutually vested interest and a trust with one another. So that's my favorite thing with it. And then honestly, it's been really cool to see these companies that the business owner has struggled to grow it. And then we've been able to four or three exit um, within a matter of months, which has been so cool. Um, like last week I was on a, no, not last week, Thursday morning I was on a call and we were having to hire two people um, mm -hmm. just to keep up with the demand, uh, which has been really cool. So I don't know. It's yeah. just like cool stories like that, where it's like, we're a team, we're figured out together and we're, I don't know, you develop more friendships that way, I feel like as well, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the fact that you're, you know, helping businesses grow in this time is, you know, fantastic in its own right, but um, you're helping provide livelihood. You know, it's not just a yeah. matter of, you know, hey, let's grow your business by 10% over this time frame. It's let's provide for this employee that you know personally. And, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely a different dynamic. You're right. It's very interesting you say that. We just, so there's a couple businesses that I, like just Evan, as in myself, actually it's caffeine technically, but it's like as a partner in. And then there's other ones where it's my investment group. So it's me and two other guys. Um, and we both have similar, not necessarily similar experiences, but like a similar mindset and mm -hmm. values and all that stuff. And um, on one of our most recent partnerships, we came in as a partner into another company and I was, it was very interesting because I was like, Hey guys, are you picking up a vibe from some of the employees that we just like in the company? And I couldn't quite articulate it. And I was kind of just throwing it to them. Like, Hey, am I, am I sensing something? Are they, they're not like us? Are they, did I say something? Am I offending people? You know what I mean? And they were like, no, uh, they didn't say it quite like that, but they were like, you know what? I think that they just really care. They just really care about the people on that team and they want this to work because they, up to this point has not worked out so well. Um, and they've been struggling to grow. And so that person who is kind of like the manager is thinking, all right, if, if I don't grow this, then I'm going to have to let Susie go and, and Roxy go and I know all this. So yeah. they just really care. They just cared about the people. So I think you're right. I mean, I, I literally witnessed that yesterday. Um, and understand that, you know, there's these people's lives depend on it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I mean, that seems like the actual investing in the companies seems to be the more rewarding, fulfilling aspect for you. Is that something you plan to pursue more in the future? Yeah, I think the direction I want to go with caffeine is one of less less work, more meaningful um, work, and to where it's just a really good fit. And so we probably, you know, maybe at least one out of 10, maybe two out of 10 people we end up not working with just because it's not a perfect fit. Um, mm-hmm. And I really do want to make marketing profitable. So sometimes I'll see it and I go, ah, I don't think it's going to work. Um, so we just won't work with them. Then the investing side though is a lot of fun. So, I mean, my time, as far as that's allocated, I'd love to see more towards the investment piece. So. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, you've been through this, you've had a lot of entrepreneurial journeys through throughout your life. If you're starting a company today, what would you do differently than what you've done in the past? Probably have partners. I started caffeine. I'm the sole owner of caffeine. Um, and it has been hard. <laughs> It is very hard to to create and run your own company. Um, and it's not to say that it can't be done because I, again, I'm not like the pinnacle of success. There's plenty of people who make way much more money than I do. Um, but I mean, it's to my terms, like mm-hmm. this is, it's worked out well. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's hard. I mean, because at the end of the day, you're the one responsible. And if you don't get up and work, it's on you. And if you don't build the right systems, you can't take a break. Uh, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs build a job for themselves. And so I've tried to transition to where it's more of a system where I can step away for longer and longer periods of time. Some companies I'm, I'm involved in, that's not really, uh, it's, there's good systems in place where I can step out and it's fine. You know, I mean, we, it could autopilot for a month or two. Whereas caffeine, there's still elements that I have to be here for. Um, so and that's okay. I'll come to terms with that. It's not to say that I can't change, but I don't have a desire to change that at this moment because it's just the way that I've designed my business. Uh, but I think a lot of them out there, kind of getting sidetracked, but a lot of businesses out there would be well served to create systems and processes so that they could step away from their company um, and it doesn't ultimately consume them. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, I think your your answer is very common with people that I've talked to is one, you know, hire sooner or partner sooner or establish the systems and the processes initially rather than try and figure them out on as you go. I mean, that's a lot of entrepreneurs are winging it, like you said, even if you are second or third generation. And so totally, I, I think your answer is spot on with what most people say is, you know, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I, you know, bring somebody on? Why didn't I play to their strengths rather than take it all on myself? Yeah. And there's, there's one guy who's great, but we were exploring partnering together. And as we talked about our skill sets, it's like, bro, <laughs> like we have the same skill sets. It's <laughs> not a good sign. You know, we both want to do like the strategy. None of us want to do the technical stuff. I'm like, that's not, that's not what I want to do. And it's not what you want to do. So eventually at some point it's going to be like, well, who's going to do it? Um, which is fine. And that has to happen. You have to be a team player. There's plenty of like team player moments, you know, you just got to make it happen be a team player. But 
I mean, I'm, I'm not an operations guy. I mean, I love systems and processes, but like, I don't enjoy it necessarily as far as like fulfillment or managing a bunch of people. Like I want to manage a few people, but I don't want to manage big teams. Um, so I think it's, you'd be well served to find a partner who has different strengths and things that they enjoy. And they don't have to be a majority owner. Like if you started the company and you're already, you know, at six figures or high five figures, go find a partner and say, Hey, I want to bring you into this. And like, can we bring you in at 10%? And if we hit a certain revenue number, I'll bring you at 30%. So like that. that would be, mm-hmm. I think, cool. Yeah, for sure. And I can speak to that entirely because I did partner on a company um, where we wanted to do the same things and it didn't work out because <laughs> mm-hmm. it got down to, okay, it's time for the nitty gritty stuff. And you know, there's only so many times you can be the team player, like you said, and it's like, this, this is just becoming my job and this is not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. So, and I, I try to, you know, there's a guy on our team, our investment team who is great. I'll love, I mean, I'll, I'll love the guy, but I, I really like him. Um, and he, I always try to look out for him because he doesn't think the same way that I think, which is not, a, and he probably did the same thing for me in his own strengths, but he will get caught up in details. And I'm like, Hey, Nick, I'm like, bro, we got to hire you a virtual assistant or something. I'm like, you can't be spending four hours a day on emails. I'm like, no way, dude. Like, I don't know what the best use of your time is. That's up to you to decide, but it definitely ain't emails. I'm like, so whatever we can do to not have you doing that, it's probably better for the company. So we got to, you got to look out for one another, but yeah, I mean, we, Nick and I have very different strengths as, as well as my other partners. So. Yeah, for sure. And you know what you, you bring up, uh, you know, virtual assistants, there's, um, there's definitely been a, interesting dynamic with virtual assistants at this and during this time, because some people are doubling down and some people are scaling back. What have you experienced in your business? Are you adding more virtual assistants at this time? Or is this kind of a, let's wait and see how this plays out and then we'll add more to it. So funny enough, I'm a partner in a virtual assistant company. So go to virtual growth, IO virtual growth.io. Um, and you can look it up and we're redoing the website, which should hopefully go live in the next few days. But um, I, I don't have a good read on as far as that. We're new to the partnership there. So I don't have a good read on overall what the market is doing. But I will say for our group that is growing, yes. Um, that's like, for example, bringing Nick in for an assistant would be great. Um, but it's, sometimes it's technical. Like once... Right now, we've got a bottleneck with a graphic designer. He's on one of our teams, and he's great. But we have so much work for him to do right now. We need to look into different options because I got projects that I need done right now that have been in the queue for a month or two months. So that's a good that's a good indication of it's time to hire. You know, right? Absolutely. Um, so going back a little bit, uh, you know, tying into the generational um, aspect of entrepreneurship with you and then also talking about legacy. Is it something that you think you will encourage your 11 month old to get into the entrepreneurship game or are you going to be hands off and kind of let them go from there? 
you know, I only know so much about parenting at this point. You've definitely <laughs> got more experience than I do. I will say that I am a little bit more on the opinionated, not opinionated, but strong conviction side. And so I will definitely try to make sure that he understands um, the options that he has and also, you know, what this is. I'm going to try to educate him. Hey, here's what I'm doing. Because that's what my that's what my grandpa did for me. That's what my dad did for me. Uh, I remember my dad teaching me about sales, you know, like I still remember this time. I mean, he would give me an analogy. He'd be like, I would sit next to him as he would try to sell to people. And he'd be like, all right, now I want you to imagine we're looking at these two diamonds right here. And this diamond right here, both of these are Porsche 911 Carreras. And they're both the GT3 RS package, the you know, highest in package you'd have. But one of them is $7,000 less. And you might be asking yourself, why is that $7,000 less? Well, if you hop under the dash and you crawl up underneath the dash and you get a microscope, you can see that there's tears in the leather underneath the dash. Which one would you buy? The one that you could see the tears in the dash or not? It's like you would buy the one that has tears in the dash and save you $7,000 because no one will ever look under there. So he would have all these little things to sell stuff. And um, I don't know, I just love that. So I'm going to try to teach my son that, but I'm not going to, I have no pressure. He could be whoever he wants. Um, I would love for him to, you know, have a similar faith that I have and, and love Jesus. That's probably the first and most important thing to me. I can't make him do that, uh, but I'll, I'll share to him how that's been important to me and share him that thought process. But then aside from that, I'm just going to equip him and tell him to do whatever he wants. But I'm definitely, this is also probably unpopular opinion, but I'm not paying for his college um, because I personally did not have that opportunity provided to me and it made me innovate. And eventually after starting my agency, I went back to college and created a company in order to pay for all my other stuff and got my degree within five months. And so I just, I don't know. I, to me, it was helpful, but it came out of necessity for me. It was like, my mom didn't have anything she could get me, you know, like put a roof on my head. And so, yeah, that's my two cents. I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to do that, but I'll give them opportunity and teach them. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And you know what, it is great to equip them with those tools and let them decide what to do with it. Uh, my daughter who's seven, uh, she just recently started a dog services business. She wants mm -hmm. to do dog wa washing and dog walking and poop cleanup and, you know, all that stuff. And you know what? She, she enjoys the seeing me do these sort of things. Like every time I, so the intro to this podcast, um, mm -hmm. it's that I end up recording separate from us talking right now usually I have, you know, one daughter on one side, one daughter on the other side, and they're just dancing in the background because they love being able to be seen on video. And I have to sit there and do take after take because I'm laughing at them, you know, standing in the background, jumping around and they love like, dad, when are you recording another intro to the podcast? I want to, I want to be down there and, you know, be involved in it. And, you know, they've That's watched so some fun. of those things and yeah, it's been a lot of fun, but um, you know, obviously that video doesn't end up getting put, on, on the podcast, but it's something that I have. Yeah. Uh, obviously the audio gets put on there, but um, mm. it's fun to see her, you know, she drew a picture of me for father's day and it shows me in my hustle gear. I've got a mm. hustle shirt and a hustle hat and all this. And now she's got her own dog services shirt and she takes such pride in that. And it's just awesome to see that. But obviously I, I don't think that's for 
everybody, but she's leaning into it and I'm loving every second of it. Yeah. And I think we live in a, a world now where technology has afforded us that even if she like, was like, Hey, I'm going to um, do whatever. I mean, CEO of something one day or administrative assistant or whatever she felt like she wanted to do, she could do that, but she could also have a side hustle. Like side mm-hmm. hustles are the best, you know? So if she wanted to like run a dog sitting company as a side hustle, that's great. But I have to say this funny story because when I moved to Colorado, I needed a job. Um, I tried to, so I, I went out there for the university stuff and then I wanted to work at a church out there. And there was probably like a couple months overlap. I think it was like six or seven months where I had to wait to work for that church. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get a job. And I remember I applied it everywhere. I mean, it's just like huge number of places. I applied for a place that picks up dog poop. Okay. I go in and interview and I think it goes pretty well. You know, I'm thinking, I mean, how bad could it be? I go in, interview, I get done. They give me a call back a week later and said, Hey, I'll be honest. We just like, didn't really think that you were qualified. And I was like, (laughs) I think I was qualified to pick up poop. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't say that, but in my head, I was like, I cannot wait to share this story one day with somebody. So <laughs> well, perfect yeah. timing right there. That's, that's awesome. Perfect timing. That, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. That, that's the question is, were you overqualified or, you know, what, what was the underqualified there? I don't know. Underqualified. Was, they verbatim is what they said. Hey, honestly, we just, you know, a little underqualified. We, we found some other people we thought might be more qualified for this job. And I was like, do you know what job you're talking about right now? <laughs> yeah that is crazy uh, so weird <laughs> uh, you know and, and f- fortunately i've you know found my path now but there was a time where i was applying for literally everything and oh yeah uh you know what i mean i from reception jobs uh, to um director of marketing which i wasn't qualified for at that point in time it was like i'm just yeah. applying for everything but i changed everything specific to the you know tweak the resume, tweak the cover letter and whatnot, everything for, for that. But yeah, hmm. there's fortunately, uh, you not getting that job brought you to where you are now. So yeah, and you've got a out. fun story to tell about it. <laughs> I can't wait to tell Titan. I'm be like, buddy, you just listen up. You're, you're qualified no matter what anybody says. Yeah. So. Let's see if you can bring it full circle and uh, partner on a uh, dog pooping sc- pooper scooper business here in the future. I know. Yeah. That would, <laughs> if you're out there listening to this and that's your business and you want a business partner, let's talk. <laughs> Go put the old competition out of business. Tell them that's actually malicious. I'm not typically that kind of guy, but that's funny though. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to give you a chance to, you know, plug what you're doing and, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I want to ask you before we get to that, what is it that excites you about the future, personal or business? Mm. Well, we just bought a house. Um, so that's fun. I'm really excited about that. And that's probably personally. And then professionally, I just look forward to growing these companies and, spending more time with my family. And I don't know, I, it sounds kind of simple, but I don't know. I just, I like people and I like putting money in the bank and I like hanging up friends. So we're just going to keep doing more of that and see how it goes. So There you go. <laughs> yeah. that, that works though. I mean, keep it simple and 
you know what? That's it, it'll help keep you happy, you know? Yeah, I feel it. And um, yeah, I'll just I'll talk about the thing that's on my website. So I got a free guide on caffeine.marketing and evannox.com. Um, it teaches you how to build a winning sales funnel. So if you're responsible for growing your company or the business that you work at or you're the business owner, um, it's like Lego kits. I mean, it's like a checklist that will teach you how to create your marketing so that it's actually profitable for you. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure to include uh, links in the show description um, to that information. Anywhere else that people should be following you? Uh, Instagram is probably where I'm the most active, not super active, but it's Evan B. Knox and just Instagram at Evan B. Knox. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you for your time, Evan, and appreciate you sharing your story. Um, super interesting. And, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, all that we can relate on. And I'm sure that, you know, there's more people out there that are definitely going to relate to this episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, I know my audience has gotten value, value out of this because I've gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.